Jerusalem and our Judea and Samaria to the ends of the earth every week. So a lot of times we like to come and put a focus on it for a little bit, but in reality, I mean, every week is missions week at church. God, God is doing something. God is something, do, doing something big, and we get to be part of spreading uh, the good news. And this week, specifically, when it comes to living our lives for Jesus and when it, when it comes to living for missions, we need to make sure that we are ready to go all in. Because I believe that God wants us to go all in for missions. He wants us to go all in in our lives for him, right? We need to be ready to go all in. So we're going to be talking about going all in today. Uh, let's pray for a moment. Jesus, we thank you, God, for the opportunity to open up your word. God, I pray that you would speak to us, that you'd speak to us loudly and clearly today. God, may, may your words ring through today. In Jesus' name, amen. Uh, if you do have your Bibles, you can open them up to Mark chapter 10. We're going to get there in just a minute, so you can kind of put your, your finger there, Mark chapter 10. But again, we're talking about going all in, right? Have you ever gone all in on something? All right, just think for a moment. The last time that you went all in. Uh, it's fun, you know, like watching football games on TV and seeing grown men dress up as characters and paint their bodies and things like, like, ah, I don't know if that's ever been you before, but those guys have to be all in to do something weird like that and, and wearing silly clothing and all of those things. And then what happens when your team loses? You know, do you just like give up? After that, I, I don't know, but they're like all in on that stuff. Uh, maybe you've gone all in on a hobby before. You know, maybe you're just like, I've got to have every stamp out there, so I'm just going to collect everything. You know, you know, pick your hobby out there, and uh, I'm going to make birdhouses for a living, and your whole backyard is full of those. I don't know what it is, but have you ever gone all in on a hobby before? Or maybe, now I know this is just a couple months away, but maybe you're one of those people who has a whole room dedicated in your house just to Christmas decoration storage, right? And man, when that, when that I don't know what day it hits. Maybe it's the day after Thanksgiving. Maybe it's, maybe it's November 1st. I don't know what it is. But you just go all out, all the lights. You've got a Christmas tree for each room. You've got to decorate everything in the place. And you're, you're saying, I'm all in, right? You can't go by the, the Christmas aisle without going away with something, right? That's, that's just you. So what have you gone all in on? And today, really, the question is, are you willing to go all in for Jesus? Are you willing to go all in uh, for missions? Are you willing to go all in so that every tribe, every nation hears the gospel? Are we willing to go all in? And so today, I want to look at a very familiar account in the Bible. It's the story of the, the rich young ruler. Uh, just by show of hands, how many of you guys have heard of the story of the rich young ruler before? All right, a lot of you. Now, today, raise your hand if you've never heard the story of the rich young ruler. Yes, I have you right where I want you then. This is, this is perfect. You get to hear this story for the very first time today. This is awesome. Now, for all of you who raised your hand and said you've heard the story of the rich young ruler before, uh, I've got some work to do on you yet. Uh, because you already know what happens, and I don't want you to know what happens, right? We've got to erase your memory of the rich young ruler today. We need to have a fresh start. Because if you know the story, a lot of times you've got a negative opinion of this rich young ruler in your mind. And the account of the rich young ruler, it actually takes place, you, you see it in three different stories in the Bible, in Matthew, in Mark, and in Luke. You, you see the account happen each time. 
And nowhere in there is he ever called the rich young ruler. That's just the name we gave him, right? In, in one account, uh, it calls him a young man. In the account we're going to read today, it just calls him a, a certain man. And in another one, it calls him a certain ruler. And in all the accounts, it said that he was wealthy. So you put it all together, we've named him and branded him the rich young ruler. But I need you to just destroy that thought in your mind. We need to rebrand the rich young ruler today. We've got to turn him around because I want you to start from zero today. This is a new guy, and uh, it never mentions his name. So let's come up with a name for this guy, all right? Something strong, something manly. Shout out some suggestions. What should we call uh, this character we're reading about today? Richard? Richard? What? John? Any other suggestions out there? Isaac. All right, Isaac. That's good. Uh, any other? Any other? Steve? All right, we're going to go with, uh, let's go with Richard. All right, that was the first one I heard. Richard's a nice, strong name. Uh, we're going, any Richards in the place this morning? We got any? Oh, perfect. There's a Richard up there. So you guys are blessed because, man, Richard, it's a powerful, it's a strong name. And uh, if you're sitting next to a Richard this morning, consider yourself blessed and, uh, and lucky. So we're, we're going to look at the story of Richard this morning. You guys good with that? All right, new guy, new identity. You've never heard of this Richard you know, could be his name. Who knows? Probably not, but could be. Uh, so let's look. Let's look at this account of Richard in Mark chapter 10. We're going to start with verse 17. It says this, And as Jesus was setting out on his journey, a man, could be named Richard, ran up and knelt before him and asked him, Good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus said to him, Why do you call me good? No one is good except God alone. So let's pause for a moment right there, and, and let's look at this guy who maybe he's, his name is Richard, right? Let's, let's look at him with fresh eyes today and see what's going on in this story. And the first thing that I see in there is that Richard is a desperate man. He is a desperate man, and I say that because it says that, that he ran up to Jesus. He didn't walk. He didn't do anything like that. He ran up to Jesus. Right? When you are desperate, desperate people run. All right? This guy, he could, have, he could have walked. You know, he could have done the, Jesus, hey, hey, Jesus, you know, why don't you come over? Jesus, he, he could have done that. Right? He could have, you ever been at a place where you wanted to run, but you were too embarrassed to run? So then it just turned into like a fast walk. Right? You know, and you're like, you're just going back and forth. You know, don't knock it. It's an Olympic sport. You know, but... But, you know, you're just kind of fast walking because you're too embarrassed to run. That would just kind of be humiliating, you know, but you really got to get through the grocery store quick, right? But, but this guy, it says that he ran up to Jesus. I mean, with everything he had, he, he ran after Jesus, and, and, and he needed to get to him. And when he finally got to Jesus, it said that, that he knelt down, right? That he knelt down before Jesus. So we've got a guy who's desperate for Jesus. We've got a guy who's humble because when you're on your knees, that's not a normal posture that someone who's prideful gets into, right? He got on his knees because he was honoring Jesus, because he was saying, Jesus, I need something from you that I can't do my own. He was in a begging position. That's not something that people normally do to other people, right? This is a humbling position. So we see Richard here. He runs up to Jesus. And he gets on his knees. So, so we see and we, we learn about him that this man is desperate for Jesus. He's desperate for Jesus. Because desperate people, they run, right? 
Anybody ever, remember, anybody ever do Black Friday shopping in here? There's a few of you, right? And I'm not talking about these last couple years where it was like all in line and you could Black Friday shop from your couch. I'm talking like when it used to be 4 a.m., you'd stay up all night, you wait in line for like an hour. Those were desperate people, all right? Let's just, let's be honest here. And when those doors would open, they wouldn't just like walk in, they would sprint in. They didn't care who they trampled because that toaster was 50% off and we needed to have it, right? Desperate people, they ran. Just like this man, he ran. He went all out. He got on his knees and, and, and he said, Jesus, I'm desperate for you, right? He's coming after him. And, and not only that, he says, good teacher. Good teacher. Now, today, to you, that might not mean a whole lot. You know, we throw around that word good quite often. You know, oh, man, that was a really good hamburger. You know, that was, that was a good movie. That was a good fill-in-the-blank, right? That was a good song. And we use good all the time. But back at that time, good wasn't a word that you just threw around. Good was, had some meaning. Good meant you were completely good. 100% good, that you were sinless. And that's why Jesus reacts the way he did. He says, uh, why do you call me good? No one's good except God alone. And so this man on his knees running to catch up to Jesus says, good teacher. Basically, he's saying, I believe that you're completely good. I believe that you're sinless. I believe that you are God. That's a big statement. That's a big statement that this man makes. I believe that you are God. So we see here, not only was this guy humble, not only was he desperate for Jesus, but he was respectful and he honored Jesus. This guy sounds like a pretty good guy so far, right? Sounds pretty good. And uh, even his request that he makes, he says, good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Right? He didn't come up and say, what must I do to gain much wealth? What must I do to gain fame? What must I do to gain power? Right? Instead, he says, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And really, Jesus is the only one who could give eternal life. So he's asking good questions. He's got his eyes on a good prize. Right? This, is, this is a good question. God, I, I want eternal life. I want to make sure that I have my eternity squared away. I, I'm feeling good here, but God, I want to know what's next. I want to make sure that eternity, which is much longer than the 70 years I might have on this planet is squared away. So he had his eyes on the right prize. And the last thing is he said he wanted to inherit this gift, right? A lot of us, we get this messed up. We, we come to Jesus and say, what do I need to do to earn eternal life? How much do I have to pay to purchase eternal life? How many good things do I have to do to get eternal life, Jesus? And that's, that's where we can kind of be. But this man, he doesn't come up there and try to pay money for it. He doesn't uh, try to do enough good things for it. He says, I just want to inherit it, right? The Bible says in Romans 6, 23, that the gift of God is eternal life. The gift, it's, it's a free gift. We just have to be willing to accept it. So man, this guy's got some good theology going on already too. Like there's just everything that he's done so far has been completely right. His eyes were on the right prize. He's got a deep understanding who Jesus is and probably even deeper than the disciples did around. I mean, they still weren't sure, you know, is this the son of God? Is this not? You know, they were sitting over there arguing for like, hey, we want power. We want to sit on your right hand, God. We, we want all of these things. And here's this guy just saying, how can I inherit eternal life? 
how, how can I be more like you, Jesus? So hopefully, hopefully this morning you're starting to see this guy in a different light, right? Hopefully you're starting to see the good that was behind this man's heart. He was somebody desperate for Jesus. He recognized Jesus as the Son of God. He's humble. He's respectful. He's got his eyes on the right prize. I mean, everything is, is going well. He's in a good position because he's desperate for Jesus. Think about the last time you were in a desperate place. Right? Maybe that was years ago. Maybe that was just yesterday. Think of the last time you were in a desperate place. Maybe you were desperate for Jesus. And, and so you decided to run to an altar and get on your knees and, and just give him everything and say, God, I surrender. God, I, I need you. I can't keep living like this. I, I need you to be the Lord of my life. I need your forgiveness. Maybe you were in a desperate place there. Maybe you were in a desperate place for money. You couldn't make ends meet or you were just greedy and you wanted more. And, and so, you know, you, you begged or maybe you crossed some lines. Maybe you stole so to get what you wanted uh, because uh, you never thought you'd be here, but you were desperate. And so you started doing desperate things. Maybe you're desperate for attention, so you acted out or you made poor choices to get people to notice you. Maybe you were desperate for help uh, to get out of a bad situation or, or to get out of an addiction, and so you were desperate. So I want you to think about when's the last time you were desperate? Because that's where we find this guy, maybe he's, his name is Richard. Uh, that's where he's at. He's in a desperate place. And so he runs to Jesus, the one he thinks can meet his need. But there's more to this guy. Verse 19 says this. It says, you know the commandments. This is Jesus talking to this guy. You know the commandments. <clears throat> do not murder. Do not commit adultery. Do not steal. Do not bear false witness. Do not defraud. Honor your father and mother. And he said to him, teacher, all these I have kept from my youth. And if this guy didn't sound good enough already, here he is uh, doing everything that Jesus had asked him to do. He, this guy's got a spotless record, right? He was clean. Everything he did was according to what the Bible had said, according to what, you know, the laws had taught him to do. Uh, he never committed adultery. Uh, he never stole. He never lied. He never cheated. And he honored his father and mother, right? This sounds like a nice guy. This is a good guy. And when he tells Jesus that he's made all these right decisions, I don't think he was being arrogant. I don't think he was bragging. Uh, I think he was just telling the truth. Jesus didn't even argue with him. He didn't say, no, remember that time you did the... No, he didn't argue with him. He just let it go. So this guy, he sounds like a classic overachiever. I mean, he's the guy who, who meets all the deadlines. He's always on time, always kind and considerate. I mean, this is the guy you'd want to hire. This is the guy you'd want to work for. You know, parents out there, this would be the person you'd, you'd tell your son, like, why can't you be more like Richard, right? That's what you'd do. Even dads, this would be the guy you'd even let your daughter date. Like, that's the kind of guy we're talking about. This is a front row guy, right? He's just got it all going on. Richard's got it going on. I mean, up here and in here. Everything is going well for him. He's obedient. He's respectful. He, he's desperate for Jesus. He's honorable. His eyes are in the right place. And then get this. I, I love this. First part of verse 21, it says this. And Jesus, looking at him, loved him. He loved him. Man, how special is that to be in the Bible? And, and it says that Jesus loved this guy. He loved him. Who wouldn't? Right? 
Who, who wouldn't? It seems like he was perfect inside and out. He had everything going for him. Now, Jesus loves everybody. We, we know that. But how often in the Bible does it, he look at one specific person and say, man, I love you, right? But that's what he said to this man. Jesus looked at him and he loved him. But even though Jesus loved him, and this guy seemed to do, I mean, everything right, I want you to listen to this next part because it's pivotal. It's pivotal. Uh, it says again, and Jesus looked at him, loving him, and he said to him, you lack one thing. You lack one thing. So everything's gone right up to this point. But now all of a sudden, Jesus looks at him and he says, you lack one thing. Now, if you were there, if you were there and you saw this whole thing unfold, I think you would start to stand up for this guy. You know, you're looking at him like, uh, Jesus, are you missing something here? Like, this guy's perfect. He's got everything right. I mean, he seems to be holy. He's doing everything right. Uh, he's desperate for you. His pride clearly isn't there. Like, he's, he's doing everything you've taught us, Jesus. And if he lacks something, how much do I lack? So let's just assume this guy is just perfect, right? And, but it says that he lacks something. He lacks something. What could this man be lacking? What could be wrong in this man's life? He's got everything going on for him. So in the last half of this verse, now Jesus tells him, you lack one thing. Go, sell all that you have and give to the poor, and you will have treasures in heaven, and come, follow me. Now this is pretty crazy, because in this passage, Jesus tells him to follow him. That's the same call he gave to the rest of his disciples. Come, follow me. I mean, this guy had the opportunity to be number 13, right? Peter, Andrew, James, and Richard. You know, he could have been in there. He could have been one. It's the same call. Leave everything and come follow me. That's what he gave to, to Peter, Andrew, James, and John when they're out fishing. He says, come follow me. And it says that they left their boats, they left their nets, and they followed Jesus. In the same way, he tells the same thing to this guy. Hey, leave everything, sell it all to the poor, or sell it all, give it away to the poor. You're going to have treasures in heaven, and come follow me. What an honor. What an honor to be called by Jesus. But even though Jesus loved him, and even though this guy seemed to have everything going on, remember Jesus said, but you lack one thing. See, Jesus still noticed that something was missing. And he told the man that in order to receive eternal life, not only did he need to humble himself, not only did he need to be desperate, not only did he need to be obedient, but he needed to give up the thing that was most precious to him. And in this case, it was his money. Because we find out later that this, this man was a wealthy man. He had a lot of possessions. He had a lot of possessions. But I want you to understand this morning is that Jesus wasn't after Richard's money. Okay? He wasn't after his money. What he was after was his heart. He was after his heart. Jesus wanted to be the number one thing that mattered in this man's life. And what was coming in the way of that was his money and his wealth and his possessions. So he asked him to do the hardest thing for this man to do. It's to give that up. And uh, Matthew chapter 6 verse 19, it tells us this. It says, do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy, where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal. 
Catch this one. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. It's interesting how our wallets are very much connected to our hearts. Ever noticed that before? We, we like to say it's not. But even this passion says, hey, where's your treasure? Where, where are you investing? Because where you're investing is where, it's where your heart is. And so he saw this, this man and he said, hey, here's what I want you to do. I want you to start, stop investing in yourself. Stop investing in you. And I want you to invest in the kingdom of heaven. Give it all away. Give it all away. And you're going to have treasure in heaven. You're not going to have no reward. You're going to have a greater reward for giving it all away. And so what Jesus is basically saying is, if you want to follow me, I don't just want 99% of you. I want 100%. I want you all in. If you're going to come follow me, you need to follow me 100% of the way. And he saw on this man, your possessions are getting in the way of that. Right? Jesus told his disciples, if anyone would come after me, they must deny themselves. They must pick up their cross daily and follow me. Right? That's what it means to follow Jesus. Following Jesus isn't just the easiest path out there. It's easy because of who we serve and how amazing he is. But it's difficult. It's hard. We have to be willing to go all in. And that's the call that he gave to this man today. Are you willing to go all in, to give it all that you have? Remember when Jesus asked him the question about the Ten Commandments, you know, you know, have you committed adultery, have you murdered, have you stolen, have you done all these different things? Uh, he neglected to leave out the first four, but I think that was intentional. He, he talked about all the commandments that had to do between you and another person, but he didn't talk about the commandments that were between you and God, right? He, he didn't say, uh, you know, hey, have you had no other gods before me, right? Don't make an idol for yourself, all these different things. Because if he would have asked those, the man would have had to say, yeah, I maybe put money in front of you, Jesus. I maybe put my possessions in front of those. And those were really what was stopping him from following Jesus with everything that he had. So let's look. This man's got this decision. He's got this question. Uh, if you've never read the story before, you don't know how he answers. So let's see what does he do in Mark chapter 10, verse 22. It says this, disheartened by the saying, he went away sorrowful, for he had great possessions. He left it. He left this call that Jesus had for him to come and follow me. Come and, come and help me build the church, right? He could have been an amazing missionary. He could have done so many things. He could have built the church, but instead he decided, I'm going to choose my stuff over Jesus. Whew. He wasn't ready to go all in. He wasn't ready to go all in. And so the question this morning is are you ready? Are you willing to go all in for Jesus? Are you willing to go all in for Jesus? I'm not talking about, you know, 99%. I'm talking about 100% in for Jesus. See, in this passage, a lot of times we like to be like, oh man, the rich young ruler, he was the worst, wasn't he? Like, just can't believe this guy. He's just a bad guy. So selfish, so, so prideful. When we look at it, we got a lot more in common with the rich young ruler than we do with the disciples who are willing to say, I'm going all in. Right? This guy seemed to have it all. He seemed to have it perfect. I mean, he was a front row guy. Right? Did you know you can sit on the front row and not be perfect for Jesus? That's the way this guy was. He was, a front, he was probably the first guy to the altar. Right? But he was only willing to go 99% of the way. He wasn't willing to go all in. 
And so today, may this story be a warning to us. May it be a warning to us. God, I don't want to give you just 99. God, I want to give you 100. God, I want to be all in. I want to be all in when you call me. Because he's given each one of us that call. Come, follow me. He's given each one of us that call. And each one of us has to make that personal decision. Will I follow Jesus or will I follow something else? So today, what's holding you back from going all in? What's holding you back? Might be money. Might be money. You, you, you might not want to invest that in the kingdom of heaven. You might, it might be holding you back. I, I don't know what it is. Uh, it may be possessions that are giving in the way of you going all in for Jesus. But it doesn't have to be money. It could be something else, right? It could be uh, relationships, relationships that you know are wrong, you know that God doesn't want in your life, but you're saying, I want to choose this relationship over choosing Jesus. It may not seem like that in the moment, but when you step back and look at it, that's really what's happening. It may be a sin that you're struggling with that you just don't want to give up or that you, you, you don't want to admit, that you don't want to confess, that you don't want to have to deal with the repercussions of, of going through and, and getting help for all those different things. It, it might be a sin that you're holding on to saying, Jesus, I'll give you everything, but don't touch that, right? What, what is, what's holding you back? It, it may be your pride. Maybe you've never accepted Jesus as your Savior, right? And you're sitting there today, and it's just like, man, I, I see other Christians, and, and I see how, you know, maybe I've made fun of them before myself, and now if I would, you know, follow Jesus, then, you know, people might make fun of me, and, and uh, it might ruin my reputation or different things like that, and pride's just getting in the way. Like you want to you wanna give 100%, but, but there's something holding you back. What's getting in the way today? See, today I think some of you have been playing games with Jesus. And today's the day to say, you know what? I'm all in. You know, we, we heard that word from the Lord earlier today. And he said in there, the choice is yours. The choice is yours. What are you going to pick today? Are you going to pick your yourself, your your selfish decisions, are we going to pick to follow Jesus? The choice is yours. Because here's the thing. Jesus doesn't ask us to do something he's not willing to do himself. Man. I want you to understand this morning, Jesus gave up everything for you. He was willing to put it all on the line. He was willing to go to the cross and die and give up his life for you, so that you could have a second chance, so that you could have eternal, eternal life. Romans 5.8 tells us that God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. While we were still his enemies, while, while we still didn't love him, while we still didn't know him, Jesus went and he died for us. He lived a perfect life. He didn't have to go to that cross, but he willingly did because he loved you. Just like he loved the rich young ruler. Just like he looked at him, he looked at you and he says, I love you. I love you. And he's willing to give his life for you. He's willing to give up everything. Philippians chapter 2 verse 7 says that Jesus made himself nothing. In one translation it says Jesus gave up everything. He gave up everything by taking the very nature of a servant, being made into human likeness and being found in appearance as a man. He humbled himself by being obedient to death, even death on a cross. Like that's our Savior. That's our Jesus. That's the God that we serve. He was willing to sacrifice everything. Jesus was willing to go all in for you. Are you willing to go all in for him? Are you willing to give it everything? Are you willing to give it 100%?
Are you willing to go all in for Jesus? See, I believe that, that Jesus, another thing he's all in on is missions. We've been talking about missions all month. God's heart is for missions. God's heart is that everyone would know him. doesn't matter what language you speak, what country you live in, how much money you have. God wants everyone to know the good news. God's heart is all in for missions. It's all in to go to the ends of the earth. And so today, that's another question I have for you is, are you willing to go all in for missions? Are you willing to go all in for missions? We, we've talked about it all this month. It, it was amazing to hear just testimonies. Uh, last week, we, we heard from the Mullins. And, uh, you know, their, their story was, you know, God, we're in. You have our yes. Until one service when it sounded really hard. And they're like, yeah, let's not go down to the altar today. <laughs> that sounds too tough. But eventually, God worked on them, and they said, you know what? Even in the tough things, you have our yes. And, and that was the place where God called them to. Because they were willing to go all in for missions. Our missionaries, they are all in. They were willing to pack up their families, pack up their stuff, sell their things, and say, God, send me wherever you want me to go. Our missionaries are all in for Jesus. Uh, today, when you walked in, uh, you were handed one of these with your bulletin. Uh, if you didn't get one, you can catch one on the way out of service. Uh, but this has all 41 missionaries and missions organizations that we support on a monthly basis. On a monthly basis, this church gives, you give, so that our missionaries can be sent across the globe. And I want you to use this for a couple different things. Number one, I want you to use this just as a way to pray for our, pray for our missionaries. Uh, you have a lot of their prayer cards and different things like that, but this gives you a full list of, of everyone that we support, and I encourage you to take this home and just use this a, as a way to pray for our missionaries. And the second is, uh, just to give you an awareness, on the back side you'll see we support 41 missionaries, and on a monthly basis uh, we give about $4,300 to our missionaries. So it's 100 or more dollars to every missionary we support, and, and that's because you guys are faithful in your giving. Right? This is something above and beyond the, the tithe that we turn in, that 10%. It's, it's that commitment. So many of you have been faithful to say, I'm going to give towards missions. I, I'm going to keep our missionaries on the field. Because every dollar that you give, every dollar that our teenagers give to speed the light to purchase vehicles, every dollar that our kids uh, donate to Boys and Girls Missionary Challenge so that, that our missionaries can be equipped, every single one of those dollars is an investment in the kingdom of heaven. It's an investment in the kingdom of heaven, right? We store up treasures in heaven, just like Jesus told the rich young ruler, hey, when you give all your stuff to the poor, it's an investment in the kingdom of heaven. You store up treasures in heaven. And so question for you today, dream with me. What would it look like if we went all in, right? What would it look like if we went all in for missions, if we said, you know, we're, we're behind missions and we want to we wanna send missionaries, right? What would it look like? Maybe you've never given to missions before, but today God's calling you to say, you know, I, I want to make a commitment to give to missions every single month. Maybe you've been giving faithfully for years, but God's put on your heart, you know, I got a new number for you to give towards missions. What would it look like if we went all in for missions? See, I believe God could use us to support even more missionaries, that God could use us to reach every part of this world. 
I believe God could do even more incredible things today and, and tomorrow, that we would be able to be part of even more people uh, filling the kingdom of heaven. People we may never meet, but we invested, and our missionaries went, and they got to reach people. Now, today, looking at this story, I don't think that the, because I don't want you guys to get a wrong idea, I, I don't think that the proper interpretation and takeaway from the story of the rich young ruler is that everyone needs to go out and sell everything and give it to the poor, right? I don't think that's what Jesus is teaching us in, in this parable, or not a parable, in this true account. Uh, again, because it wasn't an issue of money, or it wasn't an issue of money that this man had, it was an issue of his heart. It was an issue of his heart. So what is Jesus speaking to your heart right now, right? Like, what's getting in the way? So God might be telling you, you need to give something up. Or God might be telling you, you need to work on that checkbook thing and, and see where you're investing your money. And maybe you need to start investing more into the kingdom of heaven, whatever that might look like. Right? So I'm not telling you today, you need to go give it all away and you need to do... No, that's what Jesus told to this man because he saw his heart. But what's Jesus speaking to you today? What's he speaking to you today? I want you to check out uh, a video of one of our 41 missionaries. It's uh, Mike and Mona Shields. They are missionaries to Latin America, and God is using them to do incredible things. And again, these stories are your stories. They're your stories because you gave, you invested every month. We support the Shields to keep them on the field in Latin America. So check out this video. Hi, we're Mike and Mona Shields, missionary evangelists to Latin America. We're also the directors of the Advanced Latin American School of Theology, which has classes in 18 countries all over Latin America. With over 7,000 students that have studied with us throughout the last 50 years in all of Latin America. From Mexico through Central America, the Andean region, all the way down to the tip of Chile and Argentina. Our ministry takes us through. 8, 10, 12 countries a year, ministering in camps and conventions and seminars and in retreats and in special outreaches in the local church. Our passion has been working with young people and now we get to train the new generation of pastors in all these countries. We work in the great cities of Latin America, but we also go into the little places, in the small places, towns and cities that you can't even pronounce because there are people there. We train them. We teach them, we mentor them. We have a conviction that when people have a deep and passionate sense of repentance, the Holy Spirit unlocks in them the vast human potential so that they can reach out and do things you could not even imagine, no matter their economic circumstances, their social circumstances, their governmental circumstances. We have seen hundreds of people with transformational testimonies of the power of God that unlocks the secret in them to become what they could never be without the touch of God in their lives. Recently, we were in central El Salvador in Sonsonate preaching for a regional youth camp. There were 1,200 students and leaders. Hardly a family in that camp has not experienced a death in the family, a murder, a kidnapping, brutal beatings, extortions. And the Spirit of God dropped in that place as we reached our hands out and prayed with them at the altars and taught them in the seminars and in the workshops during the day and heard their stories and hugged them and cried with them. That is what God has laid in our hearts to do, and it's people like you that partner with us that make it possible to do this. Thank you so much. We couldn't do it without your help. We count on you. We love you. We appreciate you, and we value. We are your hands.
So it's amazing to see what we can do when we give, when we trust God to, to do incredible things. I, I love hearing what, what he's using the shields to do uh, down in Latin America and, and how many people they've been able to reach, how many families have come to Jesus because of their, their ministry. And that's just one of our 41 missionaries. Think of how many more we could, we could support if we decided let's go all in together. more lives could we touch? How many more lives could we touch? See, if we only give the minimum effort, if we only do the bare minimum, then no change is going to happen. Nothing's going to be affected, but we need to give our all and say, I'm not going to hold back. And I don't know what that looks like for you today, but I believe that Jesus, I believe that the Holy Spirit is speaking to many hearts this morning of what it might mean to go all I want to challenge you today to respond. We're going to open up this altar, and, and if you're saying, hey, I want to go all in for Jesus, then I want you to come and, and find a spot. And in just a moment, come and come and find a spot, and, and just as a tangible way to respond to Jesus today, come up and, and just declare, God, I'm going all in for you. I'm going all in for you. Not 99%, God, 100%. There's a few different ways. Maybe today you don't know Jesus. You've been running from him. Uh, you, you've never met him before. And today you can have the opportunity to say for the first time, I'm all in. I'm all in. God, all of me. He's given you that call today. Come, follow me. But how will you respond? Will you turn and walk away? Or will you say, yeah, I'm all in. I'm following you, Jesus, whatever you need. So I want to give you that opportunity today in just a couple moments. Uh, maybe today uh, you've had some things get in the way that you're holding on to and, and you're not willing to let go. And today is the day to let those things go, to say, I'm going all in Jesus, right? And give it all over to him. Or maybe today, uh, you know, God's been pulling on you. You, you hear that the, the money and the possessions were getting in the way of this young man. And you want to make sure the same thing doesn't happen in your life. That God's telling you, hey, be all in for missions. Send our missionaries. Maybe today God's putting a number on your heart that you just need to write down, that you need to put it in your phone. You need to make a commitment today saying, you know what? Every month I'm going to give to missions, right? And, and it's not like the dollar amount, uh, it could be high or low, right? It could be five bucks a month, but that might be a huge step for you. That might be a huge step for you to say, I'm going to give $5 a missions. But you know what? It doesn't matter because God sees the heart. God judges the heart. He doesn't judge the outward appearance. And so today, whatever God puts on your heart, I challenge you, be faithful with it. Be faithful with it. Say, God, I'm going to go all in. I'm going to give it all to you because I believe there's more out there. I believe there's more missionaries we need to support. I believe there's more people who need to be reached because we are all in for missions. So today, would you, would you bow your head? Would you close your eyes with me for a moment? I, I just want to give, give you an opportunity to respond. If you're out there today, God's speaking to your heart, and you're ready to go all in. You're ready to give your life to him for maybe it's the first time today, or maybe you knew him a long time ago, but today you want to come back, and you want to give him your all. If that's you today, and, and you want to know Jesus, then would you just raise your hand and catch my eye? I want to pray with you today. Is there anybody out there that says, I want to know Jesus. I want to go all in. I want to follow his call. 
follow me. Is there anyone in this place today? In the balcony, is there anybody that says, I want to follow Jesus? All right, is there anybody in this place? Today you'd say, you know, there's some things holding me back. But today I'm ready to go all in. I'm following Jesus, but there's been some real stumbling blocks in the way. And I want to give it all for him. If that's you today, would you just, just raise your hand and say, I'm ready to go all in for Jesus today. I'm ready to go on. I'm ready to give it all in. Come on. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You're ready to give it all in for Jesus. Let's do this together. Let's go all in. So let's pray today. Jesus, I thank you. God, you know the hands, you know the hearts in this place. God, you know the obstacles that are in our way. And God, today we declare that we are all in. God, that we are holding nothing back. God, because you're calling for all of us. God, every part of us from head to toe. God, we pray that we would be all in, that nothing would get in our way. Every stumbling block we would remove, we would get off our path because God, we want to be all in for you today. So God, I pray that you'd seal this in our hearts. God, you'd help us not to just be all in for you, but all in for missions. God, we believe that's your heart. So God, help us to be all in. Help us to give extravagantly to you because we know that that is not wasted, but God, that it is an investment into your kingdom. So be with us today as we go all in. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Would you stand with me in this place? I want to encourage you. I want to challenge you today. If you're all in for Jesus, we're going to sing this song again, Send Me. We started out Missions Month with it. We're closing Missions Month with it. And I want you to to sing this song with all your heart. And if you're saying, I'm willing to go all in, just as a sign of surrender, would you come just find a place at this altar and let's lift Jesus up together.
God, you have, you have our yes. You have our heart. God, help us to go all in. Help us to leave it all behind to follow you. Show us that 1% that's getting in the way. God, may we lay it down before you. God, we're all in. God, we're all in today. Send us where you need us to send us. Help us to give what you've called us to give. Help us to go where you've called us to go. We're all in, Jesus. Change us, challenge us, speak to our heart. God, as we follow you, God, may your blessing flow to each and every one of these people who says, I'm all in. God, may they store up treasure in heaven. God, may, may many come to know you because of the choices that were made today to say, yes, I'm all in. So God, if that's a difficult conversation they need to have this week, if it's a check they need to write this week, if it's a prayer they need to pray this week, God, I pray that you'd help us to be all in. God, we give ourselves to you again and again every day. We give ourselves to you. We're in 100%. God, we're seeking after you. We want to follow you. We say yes to you. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Amen. I challenge you this week, go all in for Jesus. Go all in for him. If you need to spend time, uh, these altars are open. I encourage you to come and, and just give it all to Jesus. Have an incredible week. May, may you, you go all in for Jesus this week. So here I am.